Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here. We're gonna have a great show today. Today, our guest is Mr. Mark Gardner. We're gonna talk about EPDs. We're gonna talk about things that we go into selection and so much more for your cow herd. Thanks for watching Doc Talk. We'll be right back. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. Today, our guest is a friend and a colleague, Mr. Mark Gardner. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Dan. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> we have, uh, we've, we've done a lot of work together. Um, I don't think there's much more respected uh, cattlemen in our country uh, than, than Mark and someone that he and his family have built a reputation, built a business, um, but, but they've built a community within our industry and we just are so appreciative and, and humbled. And to get him away from the ranch and get some time with him uh, is pretty special for, for me. So today we're going to talk about expected progeny difference mm -hmm. and, and EPDs, right? So kind of tell us, walk us through what EPDs are and, and, and some of the things associated with them. You bet, Dan. You know, we're excited to be here today. And when we think about uh, how beef cattle genetics have evolved uh, through time, uh, the reality of expected progeny differences, I wouldn't be here today without them. Uh, we're here at Kansas State University today, and Henry Gardner came to school here. Uh, starting in 1949 and they were learning how to AI and do some things and and um, he got better at that and we all got better at that but since 1964 we've been total AI without the use of cleanup bulls. So what does that have to do with EPDs? Well from 1964 to 1980 the average weaning weights of our 10-month-old fall-born calves, steer calves, was 523 pounds. Oh, so I was born in 1964, and I often joke about that AI, and we'll get into that a little bit, but, you know, Dad was achieving reproduction, but from 1964 to 1980, our records would show that he made no change. In 1980, they still weighed 523 pounds. And Henry Gardner would always say, well, you know, we ought to be able to make change in the beef industry. Maybe we can't. But then he'd look at the dairy industry, and he'd say, well, look what they've done. Well, in the fall of 1980, we got those same tools as the dairy industry had done, and that's called the BLUP procedure, best linear unbiased prediction. And I remember I was in college at Kansas State then. I came home in the fall of 1980, and Henry Gardner said, I finally know what we're going to do. I go, great, what are we going to do? We're gonna, well, we're going to use high-accuracy progeny-proven bulls for the traits of merit. I go, well, how do you know which ones those are? Well, they're right here in this new American Angus Association sire summary. Well, how do you know that's right? How could, how could that be true? He said, look, I've got all these records from 1964 to 1980. Our average weaning weights on those 10-month-old calves is 523 pounds. If I have a total AI system with the best bulls of the Angus breed, I should make change. Well, when I took all the bulls we used from 1964 to 1980, I made no change. When I look at their EPDs, they were average for all the traits of merit. You should make no change. This will work, Mark. I said, yes, sir. And so from that day forward, and we went that very first year from 523 pounds to 660 pounds. Now, Henry would say, and Mark would say, it probably rained that year, but it was a steady <laughs> progression 
we, we, we started seeing some 800-pound calves by, uh, by the mid-1980s. And so long story short, uh, we made a stated goal that by 1988, we were able to achieve our entire calf crop weaning at 800 pounds. Fast forward to today, uh, we uh, consistently, and we talk about male calves, both steers and bulls, because we raise a lot of bulls now, um, we've consistently 950 pounds plus. And we can get off in the weeds and all that being said, we were multi-trait selecting, we were doing all these things, but I am a function of database systems allowed us going from 523 pounds to be able to harvest more pounds of beef off of our ground. It's tremendous. Tremendous story. We're going to have a fun show today. We're going to talk about EPDs. We're going to talk about making improvements and we're doing it with one of the world's experts. Thanks for watching Doc Talk. We'll be right back. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Well, no, I'm not a veterinarian, but I slept with one last night. <laughs> and her name is Eva, and she's my best friend in the world. That's right. I met her right here at Kansas State University. Mr. Gardner is married to Dr. Gardner. <laughs> it's a tremendous story and just tremendous family. And uh, he is uh, with Gardner Angus, Ashland, Kansas, Ashland, America, we like to call it. Um, and we're talking about your progression with EPDs. And I think that's what we need to really, Dan, talk about is expected progeny differences. It's just what the words say. They are, they are the differences between these cattle. They are the predicted, projected differences, and they're amazingly accurate. And so um, one of my mentors was uh, John Crouch, American Angus Association, and he used to give a talk called Richard and Henry. And so if I used the bull Richard, and he was 100 pounds for yearling weight, and I used the bull Henry uh, randomly on a set of, of females, and he was 80 pounds for yearling weight, the expected progeny difference, that differential is 20 pounds. It's really that simple all across the board. And where do you rank within the population? Now, now we're here at Kansas State University. Are, are you Michael Bishop or, or Michael who? You know, yeah. Did you play at Ashland Junior High School or did you play at the highest levels? And so we look at all those things and we can get down in the weeds, but the reality of it is where do you want to be? I mean, there's some traits like the differential, I mean, more, more, more. Do we want them bigger, bigger, bigger? No, we want to put some pressure against that stature. Do we want more, more, more milk for Western Kansas where it doesn't rain, or do we want to be at the 50th percentile? So we look at the magnitude of those traits, we look at those differentials, and we look at where we want to be. Do we want to create beef that somebody wants to, to consume and enjoy and, and grow our demand? So then we should look at things like end product merit with marbling and muscle and fat and how we blend all that in there. And all that, we bring it back to the maternal function. Can they replicate that process in your environment? It's very, very simple, but it's very, very necessary to know what you're trying to do, what you're trying to achieve, and then it's very achievable. Yeah, I, you know, the, the, it, it amazes me because we have to balance against our production mm -hmm. environment and what the consumer wants. And so, so you've got to look at, at multiple things besides just grow, 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 milk, milk, milk. Um, and I got great news for you. We can do it all. We have this information. And, you know, I've always talked about wanting to name a bull Nirvana. We're not ever <laughs> going to arrive there, but we're going to keep trying. 
But this multi-trait excellence from these databases that we have allow us to function so well. I mentioned Henry following and watching blunt procedures from the dairy industry. Well now, they have a more controlled environment and they have, in general, they have less traits to select for. But we can take this and we can get these multi-trait excellent bulls that, uh, you know, you think about it and you think about the American Angus database, 2,800 bulls in that main sire summary, we add up the bulls that were born during there. And I want to create these bulls that can have, you know, top percentile calving ease, uh, bottom percentile stature, very acceptable percentile of yearling weight, elite for end product merit, and then finally maternal function. You know, I want to find one bull out of those 2,800. Well, it's not only just the one out of the 2,800, it's one out of three million bulls that were born in the time period that that bull was, was born. Now, I judged for Kansas State University. We were very proud. We were very good. We were very successful. <laughs> but Mark Smart Gardner cannot bless them with his eyes. We have to take this database yeah. system to find, I'll call him the Mitch Richmond of the Angus breed versus <laughs> the Michael Jordan of the Angus breed. But we, we need to find those multi-trait specialists that will fit our environment and also enhance beef demand. It's a perfect jumping off spot for a break. We're going to take a break. You're watching Doc Talk. More with Mark Gardner right after this. Hey, folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Mr. Mark Gardner, and we're talking about EPDs. We're talking about cattle production, finding progeny. And, and you know, at the end of the day, we're really trying to find continue to, if we're going to keep beef at the center of the plate, we got to make sure we're making what the consumer and, and, and making enough of it for the consumers. You know, Dan, that's so important. And we think about, uh, you know, my friend Randall Spare, Ashland Vet Clinic, when we were here in school in the early 1980s, I think the motto for beef was, you know, beef, it's what's for dinner. And I used to go, and if you don't eat it, I won't have a job. Well, why don't we try to create a product and, and we think about it, and to me, I mean, I get fired up about cattle, okay? Because we can take cellulose, and those ruminant animals can convert that to the greatest tasting protein in the world. But in the 1980s, we weren't doing that very well. Right. And you go clear into the 1990s, and we were losing market share. Dr. Harlan Ritchie, Michigan State University, five years to meltdown. I go, what's he talking about, Henry, my dad? He's like, well, at the rate we're losing market share in the beef industry, in five years, we're not going to be a relevant protein. I go, is that possible? He said, yeah, we're in big trouble. Because our motto was beef, it's what's for dinner. And, and the reality of it was we wouldn't need more choice product. What did we as an industry do? We lowered those standards. Well, fast forward to 2022, Dan. We have the greatest beef demand in the history of the beef industry because we incentivized our producers who are not stupid, they're smart. Yep. You give us a target, we can hit that. And the, the people of the world have voted that beef is the protein of choice that is the highest quality protein in the world. And the good news is the efficiency we can do these things, these expected progeny differences, you know, we can hit these targets, we can feed the world, and we can take cellulose and we can take all these other products and continue to get better. And so we're enjoying the greatest beef demand in my lifetime and uh, it's exciting. And I think that's what expected progeny differences do. We look at where these cattle rank in these various traits. And if you're a beef producer and you're using an average marbling bull, I'll be blunt, I've been known to do that. I'm gonna say what I believe to yeah. be true. Shame on you. Yeah. You should use the best 
bulls of the breed, whatever breed that is, to enhance that eating quality for our consumers. We can do that, and that's what we'll do. I can, I, you know, just watching at the, at the packing plants, how we have changed from, you know, where we were trying to hit 50% choice yeah. and prime, and now we're, we're seeing groups come through 85, 90%, 100% choice and prime, and now we're talking about moving prime as the new choice. Absolutely. I mean, you go from 1% prime to, to 2% and today we're at about 8 or 9% and it's kind of like, you know, and with our customers that have been with us for a long time that have been very diligent and disciplined, if we're not 50% or better for prime, then, uh, then they're calling me, well, what have we done wrong here? And the good news is these are highly <laughs> heritable traits. They're easily to replicate. This stuff works. And I hear people say things like, well, we, we, we can get too much prime. Okay, if we're 9% prime in the United States of America, that means we got 91% to go. And that's the good stuff. We're not very far from Call Hall. I think you're going to buy me some ice cream later on. <laughs> you know, I want the good stuff, you know. So when they want our beef, they want the good stuff. And so that's a way to build a business is with quality. And we can do that, and that's what we've done, and we're going to get better at it, Dan. Absolutely. We're here at Kansas State University, Mr. Mark Gardner, more Doc Talk right after these messages. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dan Thompson here with Mark Gardner, Gardner Angus uh, Ranch in Ashland, America, Ashland, Kansas. And let's talk about how you serve your clients and how you help your customers. It's, it's more than just buying a superior bull. It's, it's about providing service and, and helping them with their herds. Yes, sir. You know, Dan, uh, I often tell myself and my kids and everything, but the older I get, the smarter Henry Gardner gets. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here we are at Kansas State University. I graduated here in 1983, and I like to joke, and I am joking, but Mark Smart Gardner, you know, I'm an introvert, and all I want to do is be with the cattle. All I want to do is be with the horses. But, you know, what I've learned, and I learned it from the, the, the actual statement was from a student here, but every animal is connected to a human. And so even if I raise the absolute best cattle in the world, and, and we work hard at that every day, that's the easiest thing I do. My job is to solve people's problems. Uh, my friend Dr. Sparrow and I are going to go help a customer on Monday. I have another customer visit in New Mexico on Wednesday. All that being said, you don't care about my itinerary but my, I mean, I have a bull with a bump on his back that both Randall Spare and I have talked to uh, folks about how we do that, but we've got to get a bull to Hondo, Texas uh, by about next Wednesday or Thursday. You know where that is from Ashland, <laughs> Kansas? It's 14 hours south that way. But that's my job to solve that. She needs her cattle bred and she needs the right bull. So my job is to first and foremost listen to what, what they were trying to achieve and then help them achieve that. And when they have a problem, you know, my job is to fix it. And so, and I spend parts of every day selling everybody else's cattle. That's my job is to facilitate that, whether that's through order buyers or feedlot operators or looking at whether it's to, you're going to sell here or there, retain ownership, and what's our marketing plan. And so, every animal is connected to a human. Uh, I am an introvert. I love silence, as Randall Sparrow and I like to joke, but you know, my job is to, to talk to people, to listen to people, to get on their place, understand what their problems are, and help them solve them. So, so then when, you know, let's say, let's say I'm coming down to, to the bull cell mm -hmm. or I'm a buy one private mm -hmm. treat or whatever, 
Um, do you have the ability to, you know, kind of talk me through you? I, I, I kind of understand the basis of my herd. Mm -hmm. I have some, some ideas or dreams or hopes of where I want to go mm -hmm. that you can then help me with. I mean, obviously, we're looking for Nirvana. Yep. But, but how do I just get a little bit better in my herd tomorrow than I am today? Do you kind of work with people on that? Every day. And I, Dan, I, uh, I first list, okay, tell me about your forage systems. Tell me about when you calve. Tell me what you're trying to, what you think you want to improve. Uh, how are you going to market those calves? And, you know, I mean, I'm going to sell and recommend a different bull to Van Horn, Texas than I would say Terry Hode, Indiana. Okay, and so we need to have cattle that will fit all of those environments, but they, many times they are the same animal, but sometimes they aren't. So my first job is to listen what your goals are, and then at that point, then we can talk about the specifics of which bulls will help them achieve that. And you remember Mitch Richmond or Michael Jordan, uh, we only use the Michael Jordans, Mitch Richmonds of the Angus breed, so they're going to fit those percentiles of Angus cattle very, very well across. So my job is to, to hear how we can help you on your operation achieve that, and we can do that. Perfect. Well, I want to say thank you very much for being on the show today. Um, just a wealth of information, and I appreciate everything you do for the beef industry. Well, you too, Dr. Dan. It's my pleasure, and we thank you. And I think one of the things we always have to remember is we're all in this together. We're on the same team, so let's work together. Dang right, every day. Thanks for watching Doc Talk. Remember, if you want to find us on the web, you can find us at www.doctalktv.com. Always work with your local veterinarian. For Mark Gardner and Dan Thompson, we'll see you down the road. Closed captioning is brought to you by Profusion Drench for Beef Cattle, a no prescription, no needle supplement. To learn more, go to zenpro.com. Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health. By integrating the comprehensive animal health product portfolio of Merck Animal Health with the innovative technologies of all flex livestock intelligence, we are shaping the future of animal health, resulting in more effective solutions and healthier animals. At Merck Animal Health, we wake up each day seeking new innovations to keep your herd healthy. This is why we're proud to now include Allflex Livestock Intelligence in our portfolio of solutions. With Allflex, we can provide the tools to identify, monitor, and trace each animal within a herd. Its state-of-the-art offerings deliver real-time insights to help you optimize productivity. Merck Animal Health and Allflex Livestock Intelligence. For our animals, our industry, and our future. ValleyVet.com is your one-stop shop for your every animal need. From prescription meds, vaccines, equipment, and more, for the ranch to the show ring, shop ValleyVet.com for fast shipping and great prices. Valley Vet Supply.